Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Ledman. I'm Casey Bartley. And we are back into our review of the 2021-2022 uh, roster for Purdue men's basketball. Today we're going to look at two of our favorites. Um, I know you're not supposed to play favorites, um, but we do. Um, so we're going to talk about Ethan Morton and uh, Jaden Ivey. So I know I'm excited. Casey, are you excited? So excited, Ledman. All right. Love the enthusiasm. You can just hear it in the voice. You can just hear it in the voice. <laughs> Uh, so before we get started, I do have a topical question for you if you're ready. Is that like an ointment I got to put on me? No, no, no. Oh, it's not a topical. Different cream. topical. Got yeah. It. Related to current events, the topics that are in the news. Ah. Um, have you been watching the Olympics? No. What are you doing to me? First of all, I don't understand if I need a cable subscription or not to watch it on the Peacock. Second of all, it shouldn't be happening. Third of <laughs> I all. I mean, okay, the second, the second one is fair. Third of all, there's a dude who apparently can't be left alone with women that's participating. Yeah, that fencing but, guy, that's a terrible situation. But a woman who smokes weed is not worthy of representing our country, so I'm going to sit this one out. Well, you've really brought the podcast down from the start. Honestly, and... it's mostly the NBC thing. I, I can't figure out when anything's on. The, the things I care about, which would right now be like women's soccer, which is always fun to watch. It's like yeah, that's four on in like, the morning. Yeah, the, well, the last one ended at like... 8 a.m. 
or something like that because I was I was following along on Twitter and I was like, oh, they're in penalty kicks. And then kind of like you said, I was I was like, OK, when can I where can I find this on TV? Couldn't find it. Yes. And I mean, maybe, maybe it was obvious and I just didn't see it, but I, I literally just couldn't find it. So I just kept refreshing Twitter and was like I was following the U.S. women's soccer uh, team account and they had like the U.S. flag and the opponent's flag and were doing like green circle if they made it red circle if they missed it and i was like okay and it would just update one at a time and it was like i felt like i was 30 years in the past yeah it's just hard i've got some problems with it obviously and then to have to put that much effort into seeing it and apparently it's not just i haven't worked that hard at it but apparently other people have had problems trying to find where so it's just like if y'all gonna fuck around with this then i'm gonna just pass on this one it well it is weird too the, I mean, the Olympics is always a struggle, depending on where it is, with TV networks as to what they want to do. Because if they just show them live, they're going to show, like, big events at, like, 9 in the morning on a Tuesday. And they're like, well, that's terrible for us because we want that in primetime. But then if you don't show what's happening in primetime, then you got to show it, in, like, in the morning. And it, it's just a mess. So, I mean, usually at night, at night they've been showing these last couple of days, I've been watching a lot of swimming uh, and gymnastics. And I know in track and field is just beginning to start. So I watched some of that uh, as well. But that is what I'm most excited about is the track and field because that's kind of my wheelhouse. But I did, my question really, you don't have to have watched mm -hmm. the Olympics to understand the question. Um, I was just curious. So in both track and field and swimming this time, they have a a, events that are both include men and women in relays. So it's a oh. it's a a two man two woman relay for the four by four hundred in track, cool. and then I think it might be a four by one hundred free uh, in the pool. Uh, don't quote me on that. That one might be wrong. I just I just think that's really cool. And my question is, is that something you think they need to expand on and could do in additional events, or do you think it's just a gimmick? Um. Ooh, long pause. I think anything's a gimmick the first time you try it, but I don't think it should be viewed as a gimmick. I don't know why when men or women are capable of doing the exact same thing physically and it's not like a mano a mano, like tug of war thing. There's no reason not to interdisperse it. I mean, when we can add skating all of a sudden, uh, skateboarding, I mean, or golf or whatever, why wouldn't you try some other things that I think it, it only helps to put both on the same pedestal and to you know kind of raise up some of these sports that for whatever reason men do seem to dominate advertisement wise so yeah why not i i think the i think the four by 400 on the track is going to be really great they just recently started doing it in um international events and the strategy of it has been pretty interesting because it's it is two men and two women and it's like do you put your do you do you go woman, man, woman, man? Do you go woman, woman, man, man? How do you do it? Because there's no rule on what order they have to go in. So, so you're a runner. You're a runner. Explain this to me. In my head, the math seems simple. It shouldn't matter at all. It's the four people's speed put together. D does that well, matter? Right. Yes. And and here's why it matters. It matters mentally. And there was one team uh, who did it with – they had uh, – I think they did woman, man, man, woman whereas every other team had the man be their anchor leg. Mm -hmm. So you want your fastest person to be last. That way, if there's a deficit, they can catch up, and if there's a lead, they can hold it. So you that want that last. Sense. Now, what the team who, who put their um, woman last was hoping was they would be able to build enough cushion with their two men in order to have the woman hang on. 
Um, and the thinking too is that like if you get the baton and you're you know 60 meters behind, even 30 meters behind, that's a long way to catch up. Um, so the thinking is, oh, I've I've beat them mentally, and so much of of athletics is mental. Are we um, racing it, horses? <laughs> no, I mean we're human beings. But I mean, look at um, Naomi Osaka and and Simone Biles of how much of athletics is truly mental. And if you're not there mentally, or if you can, if someone can break you in a race, um, then it, mentally you're just not there, and maybe you don't catch up. It was interesting though; they did an interview with the woman who was fourth on her team. She did get passed. Every every single male um, passed her. So her oh, team wound wow. up la- her team wound up last in that heat. But they they talked to her afterward, and and she didn't know her exact split at this point. But she said, "I felt like I ran faster than I ever have." because she was competing against people who were faster than her and she was trying to hang on. So it's an interesting dynamic and I'm excited to see uh, the finals of it, especially if um, Allison Felix gets puts on the, gets put on the uh, um, team for the U S because she's going for, uh, I believe the most golds of any um, U S uh, track and field athlete uh, this Olympics. So uh, that's going to be pretty great. And she is coming back actually from uh, giving birth not too long ago. And, there's a there's a whole um parasites are hard to recover from i know yeah they, you know she just take got got her body taken over by a parasite gave birth nike dropped her when she was pregnant um are you and kidding now, me oh no 100 percent. and now she's she's come back um you know because i mean whether you know right or wrong most female athletes don't come back after pregnancy uh but allison felix who is incredible um was like no, of course I'm coming back. And Nike, Alex Morgan as well on the uh, women's soccer team. Right. And I mean, Nike dropped her. And then now she's like, she's like coming back and she's going to break these records. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, and I'm looking forward to watching her. So I know can that I, was a bit of a tangent. Can I, can I be honest, Ludman? Yeah. I you, find I, running I, I a l- little boring. You, you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. I, I mean, I will admit a large part of it is that my body has never been meant for spa- fast sprinting, just a sprint. <laughs> evolution took care of that one. You're like, I don't have to do that. Gravity anymore. did at least. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if evolution's playing into it. I don't know. There's not enough like variants. It's just like, oh, his foot went down faster than the other. It's like my rate. I don't like racing. For similar reasons. Do you mean car racing? Okay. So I guess it's just yeah. things going fast don't really do it for me. That's fine. I get it. You know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, I've, I've, as someone who's been, been a runner since, like, I mean, I was competing in races when I was like seven, eight years old. I was doing five Ks. <laughs> like, I understand not, it's not for everybody. I mean, I get that. I will so. say, every time before they do a hurdles race, they should just like show how tall those are because they're really high. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. don't know how people like full sprint and don't kill themselves every day. In, in high school, when you're, on the track team and you advance to like regional oftentimes you have the same coach for the men's team and the women's team. So when, when the women went to the regional meet, um, we, as the, the guys who were still there had no coaches and our coaches like here, just do this and we'll see you back tomorrow. So we were like, Oh, well, we're going to just do like a decathlon. So we, we're doing all these different events. We were doing like long jump. We were doing high jump and we decided to do like a 200 meter hurdle race. And so we put out the hurdles and we put them on like, if not the lowest, like the next to lowest, and we're going to do it. 
and like I was running and got up to the first hurdle and was like, oh my god, nope. and like ju- <laughs> like I jumped, but I'd like stuttered, tripped over the hurdle and like skinned my knee and was like, I'm done, guys. You guys can have this point. So, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, it's a, it's amazing what some of these people can do. Uh, hurdling, not for me. So, all right, well, I think we've wasted enough time on the Olympics. I hope uh, people don't get mad at us. Oh, no, I I got another point that's going to be like a five-minute tangent. Okay, I love it. So I heard this, I think, on another podcast, but what if every country just picked one athlete to do, like, 20 events? Oh, like like you get one guy, see how many athletes... Yeah, like, one would be, like, a one-on-one basketball tournament, one would be, uh, you know, like, hurdles, uh, swimming, just, like, 20 variations, like, golf, just, like, a whole bunch of different variations, you just pick one athlete. Just who, like who would you pick? Do, like oh, does it have to be like a current athlete? Current athlete right now. Here? I mean, I guess LeBron. It's like LeBron, if Le- right? if LeBron is healthy, I pick LeBron because he's like a genetic freak. And I mean, he's not only fast and obviously great at basketball, but I mean, he is big and strong too. Yeah, I think Mike Trout might be number two for me. I could see that. Just because yeah. baseball is a really skilled sport. I don't know how LeBron throws anything. No. Yeah. I've never – I don't know that I've ever seen him, like, throw a ball of any kind. But what about – you? What about uh, you got a female athlete in mind? Oh, Simone Biles, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I assume mean, she could do anything that she wanted to. Yeah, I mean, the other one I would I would choose just because I love her is Megan Rapinoe. And, I mean, yeah, she's – a little old. She's, well, yeah, but she's she's seasoned. She's only old in, like, Olympic soccer terms. She's not actually old. No, just Olympic athlete old. That would be fun. It, like trial by combat, you gotta you gotta do twenty sports, and whoever comes out on top. Sumo wrestling would be a really cool one to have. Oh, well, you know that's not in the Olympics though. Which is we should talk about that. Let's have let's have sumo back. No, I don't. I don't want that. I don't need that. Fine, judo. All right, which is just All sumo right. for skinny people. I think judo is in the Olympics. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So it's, okay, it's that's sumo, but for like gotcha Weight Watchers. Not yeah. It's like sumos who are trying to just watch their figure. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Basketball. We need – yes, basketball. So since this took so long, before we get into our players, let's take a quick break, and then we will jump into our two players for this week, Ethan Morton and Jaden Ivey. All right, and we are back. So we are going to talk about first uh, number 25, Ethan Morton out of Pennsylvania, coming into his sophomore season – And we are going to obviously we'll take a look at stats like we did with the rest of the players. But before we get too deep into this, I want to remind everybody, just like uh, Casey had to remind me with Eric Hunter Jr. last week, Morton was coming off of a uh, about with mono. Which what is you know, on it, West Lafayette it, campus? I blame Jace. <laughs> you, you can't trust that Mm-mm. kid. We don't know where he's been. Don't know where he's been. And he's always talking about going going back to Carmel and then coming up to to West Lafayette. I don't know. It's those, Carmel it's is those rich only Carmel meant, kids. Only meant for popcorn, not residents. Yes, yeah, or ice cream, or ice cream. Uh, I like it in my ice cream or brownies, like caramel brownies. Uh, those are good. You really need more sweet on top of a gooey brownie. Listen. There's nothing too sweet God, for me to eat. I I know that that's why I run, Casey. <laughs> I literally I told somebody one time they're like, "Why do you run?" I'm like, "Because if I didn't, I would be fat." I was like, "There's a fat kid inside me trying to get out because I love sweets." That's a happier world, living for everyone else. <laughs> that yeah, well, diverse is the I gotta, one I want to live in. True. That, I always I always tell my wife, I'm like, you nobody eats 
vegetables because they taste good. They eat them because they're good for you and they think they have to. You're telling me that if candy and ice cream were good for you, would you still eat vegetables? No. No, you would not. And if you say otherwise, you're a liar. <laughs> All right. I've gotten off track. So Ethan Morton coming off a bout of, uh, with mono. And as, as I said, if you know anything about mono, you know it just zaps you. Um, I mean it takes away your energy. You have a hard time getting into shape. Um, it was the same thing that Dakota Matthias battled uh, during his freshman year. And Matthias's freshman year was obviously not his best year on campus. So my hope is that coming into his sophomore year, Morton can kind of bounce back like Matthias did. Because for those of you who don't know much about um, Ethan Morton, here's what he was able to accomplish in Pennsylvania uh, as a high schooler. So he was uh, Mr. Basketball of Pennsylvania, and he was the also the Pennsylvania Gatorade State Player of the Year. So he won two Player of the Year awards. That's the um, same state as the city of Philadelphia, just so we're clear. It's true. That's where he was born and raised. Not really. The, not really. <laughs> but uh, so over his career, he averaged 23 points, 13 rebounds, and 8.3 assists per game. Now, I know for a lot of high school kids – if you're the best player on your team, you can't really control who you play and you may be the star athlete and you're out there just making people look like clowns. AAU can oftentimes tell you a little bit more about a player because they're playing with higher caliber athletes all the time. But I mean, he was in class 6A. So those are the big schools. You think they're going to have some some good athletes. So he was able to to put up great numbers basically all across the court, points, rebounds, assists. He shot 81% from the free throw line, av uh, wound up with just over uh, 2,100 points, you know, almost 1,000 rebounds, 682 assists. He even blocked 138 shots. So it's not like Morton is unathletic and uh, unable to do things on the basketball court. So, you know, he didn't play as much as we would have liked, as I would have liked him to. I mean, he only wound up with 8.8 .8 minutes a game, uh, played in 23 games. Averaged less than a point, less than a rebound, and less than And the only assist. reason his minutes were that high is because he had, you know, five did-not plays. Entirely did-not. So even that 8.8 .8 minutes a game is a little exaggerated for as much as he was on the court. And, I mean, again, I chalk most of this up to Mono because we know we know Morton is talented. We know Morton is smart. I mean, he was a, a uh, 4.0 kind of guy in high school. Um, he is actually <laughs> – I, I was looking up what he was like majoring in at Purdue and it was, it's literally exploratory studies. So I was like, that's not really a point in my favor. <laughs> that just means, that, that just means I haven't made a decision. Um, but he did have a 3.96 GPA uh, through his, through the fall semester. So I'll take that, you know, that's looking good. Um, we know he's, he's got a high basketball IQ. We know he's got the talent. So uh, Casey, given the impact that Mono had on him uh, in his freshman year. What do you expect to see out of him his sophomore year? And that's not just Mono. You know, everyone knows that COVID happened, but that meant no offseason, no getting used right. to athletes. Right. The hardest thing for a basketball player to do when it when you're stepping up to a higher level, the basket's the same. It would be weird if it was yeah. different. Literally. Like each level. <laughs> literally every. A bigger yeah. hoop or smaller. <laughs> smaller. It's got to get harder. But literally everyone on the court is a better athlete than you're used to. Right. So he was a guy who 
he was an assist guy. And, like, he was a really good passer coming out of high school. Um, he has nice size, really good handle. So what he was able to do is see over defenses, make passes. And we've seen this with, you know, Sasha recently. We didn't see it with Klein much. We saw it a little bit with Dakota. Is that passes they're used to making don't work anymore. And I feel like it's a case of he never got to jumpstart to get caught up with the speed of the game in offseason like he normally would have. And then his body also wasn't there. So he was kind of working off both. And he just played a step slow. Even though he saw things, it's almost worse that he did come in as a playmaker. He expects to make passes, uh, create opportunities for other players. But everything was a little too fast for him. So it usually ended up in a turnover or a bad play. Uh, he did get better throughout the season. He just didn't get much opportunity. You know, he really had to step into that Clemson game when we didn't have uh, Ivy, didn't have, he was pretty much jumped into a lead ball handler role. That's still the most yeah. minutes he had to play, 25. He had five assists, or three assists. No, was yeah, five assists. Was, uh, was Hunter Jr. out of that game Hunter as well? Hunter Jr. was out as well, that's right. So yeah, it was okay. just him and Thompson. And, you know, in the Clemson and Oakland game, he had five and six assists. So he showed himself to be a playmaker. Like he sees it. It's just never really got a chance to get into a rhythm, really struggled with the speed of the game, the better the competition got. He is a weird, unorthodox player as is because he's tall for someone who yeah, kind of has yeah. a point guard gene inside of him. Yeah, he's six six. So he's he's long, but he has a tight dribble. I like everything about his game. Nothing really threw me off of it last year, even though there's there's nothing that you can see. We talked about, you know, turnover rate the last few weeks. Do you want to mm -hmm. guess what his was? Uh, seven. His turnover rate? Uh, 13. 42%. <laughs> what? What? So part of it is that he wasn't taking shots. So if you're not... Okay, but still. Well, if you're not taking shots, you're not finishing all you're any doing passing, possessions. I guess, yeah. yeah. But yeah, 42%. And a lot of that was carried on early when he was asked to do. We've got a lot of games in the Big Ten where he just came in and passed the ball. He didn't do anything else. Didn't take shots. Um, I'm looking. Yeah, he's just a bunch of zeros across. He pretty much played like Mark Titus. Club show. Nice. <laughs> just all over. But so he played such a small sample size. There's not much you can take. So it is pr yeah. pure projection on what little bit you saw and what you really saw in high school and thought he could be. So it really comes down to, I, I think there's two things. He needs to become a shooter, and once his jump shot is respected, everything else will open up. He's already got the Okay, size. when you when you say when you say a shooter, are you talking mid-range or are you talking from distance? Distance. He, he's a point okay. guard. He should be our backup point guard next year. That is the best version of Purdue, is if he is running point behind Jaden Ivey and Eric. All right, yeah, I interrupted you. What was number two? Uh, number two is just, he has to process a little quicker. He has to know what he can do and what he can't. And a little bit of that is just being more aggressive. He can't go out there next year and just try not to make mistakes, which is clearly a yeah. correction he made after the start of the season, where he was just turning the ball over too much. He came out there to just be a body on the floor, try to defend a little and not make mistakes. He needs to be aggressive when the ball comes in his hand, the defense, his defender can't relax. Because when when that happens, you're not going to make plays for other people. You have to create panic in the defense. You have to be a threat. So he needs to work on his yeah, shot and, not only, and how to attack with the and, ball. And I mean, not only do you make it easier on, you know, the def the defender who's on you, you make it harder on every other single person on your team who's on the floor uh, because, you, you know, you give leeway to that defender. He can sag. He can, he can take risks on you. And so that might result in some of those turnovers. 
but one one thing you said I wanted to to kind of emphasize is he did go. I mean, from from six A in Pennsylvania, he was a clearly a star. You know, two time two different organizations named him the Player of the Year in Pennsylvania, and then you go to Purdue, where not only you know against Purdue, you're playing against upperclassmen who have more experience, maybe more athletic, probably better players overall than you. But every single time you step on the floor, you're no longer you know Ethan Morton, the star of your your high school, who everyone around you knows. You're the freshman who's coming in off the bench playing eight, nine minutes a game. And that's a hard adjustment for for these guys who are stars uh, in high school. So that, along with the mono, along with being put into a role I don't know that he was particularly ready for, I think made him not have the best season. Uh, But I am really excited about what he can do as a sophomore. And I think he is going to be asked to do a lot more. Um, I think the minutes are going to be there for the taking if he can show that he can be consistent, be a ball handler, and make plays, like you said. You will never see a basketball player that's good playing nine minutes. Yeah. You won't. Yeah. There, there's no way to get into rhythm. There's no way to gain confidence. You're just not going to you know, be good playing that little amount of basketball. Honestly, I know we, I talked about him being a backup point guard, but the biggest thing that he can do is to be better off ball especially with Jaden Ivey and Eric Hunter there. If he could start to play with them off ball a little and then expand his game as a playmaker, then that really comes down to him being able to shoot better and attack on closeouts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If he can do those two things, he just becomes this Swiss army knife of he can play with Isaiah Thompson. He can play with Jaden Ivey. He can play with anyone anywhere between one to if he puts on some muscle four, and he can be this one guy who decides what our lineup is going to be. Are we going to be ridiculously big while still being athletic? Or can we play small and fast everywhere by still, but still have some length? So I think that's what excited both of us is that with his skill skill set, theoretically, he's a guy that can unlock any way that you want to play. Yeah, he he gives us a lot of options, and I know it's kind of a cliche to say he's he's like Dakota Mathias, um, but my hope is that he can get to be at that level. You know, Dakota Mathias obviously was a great player for Purdue, and to compare someone to a great from your university is always difficult. But for me, I'm just thinking of the the basketball IQ and the ability to make the right passes. He's bigger um, and find way. the open person. He's no he's go ahead. Bigger and way more of an athlete than Dakota was. Yes, yes, but I mean, D- Dakota got everything out of exactly. everything he had. Yes. I mean, he 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 rang every ounce of of sweat and tears Absolutely. and everything out of all the talent he had. So. I think Morton might be more talented, might be more athletic, but it's just a matter of can he put it all together. Yeah. So uh, I think if he can, he, he can be right up there with Dakota Mathias, but that's asking a lot of anyone. If Morton has whatever Rafael Davis and Dakota Mathias had to become this, like, like you said, get everything out of their body, he's going to be better than both of them. And that would be incredible yeah. on this team and going forward because yeah. Yeah. his height, his size, the way he sees the game, that makes him a 
Big Ten Player of the Year contender his junior, senior year. That good. Yeah, I mean, the, the height with the skill set is what really excites me. I mean, you, you don't see guys that are 6'6 who can do what he does very often at Purdue, and so I'm hoping he can put it all together, get that mono out of the way, have a full offseason of conditioning, uh, get his, his body right, get his mind right, and, and I expect big things from him next year. So, Stop uh, kissing people, anything, Ethan. Yes, yes. Painter's going to put him on a, uh, a no PDA <laughs> uh, restriction, and hopefully he, he will have no more trouble uh, with mono. Keep so your mask on when you're There we go. It. That's right. It's the only way. It's the American way. <laughs> so moving on, we are going to talk about one of Casey's favorite players. It's it's between Trey uh, and Jaden Ivey. Um, but, you know, I will give Casey this before we get into Ivey. Casey was on the Jaden Ivey train immediately. I mean, he was the conductor of the train Choo-choo. in the group chat saying, saying, you guys don't understand. This guy's going to be phenomenal. After the first game, <laughs> he was like, he was like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we, we're not going to have this guy for long. He's only going to be here two years. He's only going to be here two years. So um, I'm just going to kind of step out of the way and let you get things started on Jaden Ivey, because obviously I know you are very excited to to talk about your boy. Yeah, there's only really one thing not to love, and it's it's his three-point shooting, which got better as the year went along. I think the quietest part of his game is something we didn't really get to see when he played for Team USA in the U19, because there's no real structure there. But I was really impressed with just his basic passing of feeling the court early, knowing that the defense has shifted to him, and finding the open guy. I think our team didn't do a very good job of taking advantage of those passes, And hopefully we do that a lot better this year. That's going to make our offense a whole lot better. He obviously presses a little when it comes to attacking the glass, has turned over the ball a lot, but he's also an 18-year-old kid going into college with the ability to get almost too quickly to wherever he wants. It's kind of, I would, I would call him, you know, the opening montage of whenever, whatever uh, episode of Spider-Man you're watching, the first, the first couple times that Spider-Man like gets his web slinging. And just starts careening around New York City. That was Jaden Ivey last year. <laughs> he just didn't know what to do with all the yeah, talent. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, I, I can go anywhere. I could climb this tower, but... Oh, and then just ended up in a place where it's like, well, okay, I gotta throw this here. But honestly, his turnover rate wasn't that bad. 13%. Three, I was gonna say, was it was it lower than 42 yeah, or whatever? 13%, whatever Morton which was. is the 30, or 320th best in the country. He didn't really have a problem turning over the ball. If anything, he took some bad shots at the rim. That's kind of what you want to cut out of his game. Yeah, yeah. He he, like you said, he he would get overexcited, and he he is so talented. He's got that mentality of I can beat everyone on this court to the bucket, and if I see a little bit of an opening, I'm gonna take it. And often, well, not oftentimes, sometimes that led to a bad shot, and you know. It led to him making some shots that were bad shots. So you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Um, he had the 20th best assist rate in conference play with Purdue uh, in the Big Ten, which... Okay, I, was, I, sorry, I thought no, you were about no, to say no. in the nation. I was like, that can't be right. So he knows how to pass. He knows how to make plays. He is such a threat. And you really saw it in Team USA. If he wants to get somewhere, he's going to get somewhere. And it doesn't matter who he's playing. And there are not many players like that on the college level, which is what's so going to make him a lottery pick. Yes. What what do you think the biggest growth was for him from his freshman year to when he was playing with Team USA? I mean, what did you see that 
allowed him to make such a jump where he could be named to that under 19, um, you know, top five uh, in the world, basically. I mean, what was it that, that made that jump for him? Defensive intensity. He was really uneven last year. I didn't know how to use that athleticism in his body to overwhelm players. And he really showed pretty much every game he had two or three steals of a guy as he was just trying to get the ball and got a breakaway. Um, it's it's kind of like he didn't, like he's unlocking that athleticism on the other side of the court now as well, which just makes him this dynamite player on both ends. The, the, the jump shot was better, and I'm always of a mind. His percent is not great, but you're never leading, leaving Jaden Ivey alone. No, no, so, no. I mean, because e- even if you don't trust him to hit the three, he can still beat you mid-range. He can still beat you to the hoop, even if you're sagging off of Exactly. Him. So I think it's a little over – yeah, maybe off ball you can give him a little more space. But I don't – you're never going to lose – if you're guarding Jaden Ivey, at all times, your number one priority is to see where Jaden Ivey is. Yeah. So I'm not that concerned about his shot in that sense because he is the biggest threat on the court with the ball in his hands. So the fact that he was able to be a good to dominating defender – on the international scene was very encouraging because if he can be that kind of guy for a team that struggled at times on the perimeter and, you know, we've talked about Sasha struggling. Newman is a solid defender, but he could use some more consistency. But if Ivy can be the kind of guy who just a turnover to a game, that can change the whole complexion, especially for bringing fans back into Mackey. That's going to get everything going. Yeah. Those pile up when you're inside Mackey with the fans. So, the only thing I'm there's one thing I'm worried about, which we saw. A little I'd bit love to hear it. Is that all of a sudden he seems to really lack some confidence at the free throw. Line. OK, OK. Um, he shot right around, I believe, 50 percent from the free throw line. It, is this you mean just 50 percent in the under 19 yes. tournament? I had no idea that was so bad. And it just it just seemed how much how many attempts? Let, let, let me pull it up, bro. OK, because I mean, if it's like. Six. I'm not terribly worried, but if it's like twenty, well, it's more than I'm a little six. More he concerned. got to the line a lot. Yeah, I don't love that because as the you know as the Big Ten okay it was conference as bad sets as in he he will go to the line a lot. So he shot sixteen to twenty three. Oh, that I'm okay. I'm not worried. Not yet. terrible, but against Senegal he went zero for two. Against France he was 74? four of six. Uh, he just had a couple games where it looked like he. You can tell when a player is confident at the line, and he looked. Like he had lost his struggle a little. I just, hopefully that doesn't continue. He was a better than 70% free throw shooter during his freshman year. Gotta hope that it was just a focus thing. Like they were ahead most of those games. I just want to see that climb up closer to 80 than regress. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that, it looks like he was a, that was a 69% free throw percentage uh, for that tournament. So that's not as bad as, as you, you scared me a little bit there, but. I mean, because he is, he's going to be expected to take the ball in his hands and he's going to be going to the rim quite a bit uh, during next season. So if he can't convert at the free throw line, that is going to be a problem. But I think that's something that he can work on and improve in the offseason, you know, sit there and take a million free throws in the offseason. I'm sure he can get that get that number up a little bit. So I've been thinking about this. My main comparison for him in the NBA is John Morant, just because he kind of has that hang in the air, wait till something happens, and then find a guy athleticism. But on the defensive end, I can't remember a guard that is so good at blocking the ball. He's had more highlight blocks at the rim than anyone on our team. He's a guard. Yeah. And it gives me some D-Wade vibes. Oh, I don't know if you remember back in the day. Like, the reason why Miami Heat really worked is that 
D-Wade, LeBron, and Bosch were all elite rim protectors. And even yeah. when their defense was inverted, they had rim protection. And I think that's something that Painter kind of has to think about. Because we have seen Ivy be an absolute, just get up at the rim and throw shots back. And that's, maybe that's not something you really count on, but it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't have the, do you have the stats in front of you over how many blocks he actually had last His year? His block percentage as a guard was 3.8. Uh, in conference what is, what is play. A, what, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is the, what, what's block percentage even mean? Uh, I do believe it means numbers of blocks when a shot is taken yeah. on you. Okay. It's either that or okay. shots taken by you. I, I think that's got to be it. Yeah, it has to be. So like if, if there were 100 shots against right. him, he blocked three of them. Yes. Gotcha. And that was 255th best in the country. It was. Okay. That Yeah, that's pretty good for a guard. This is the 12th best in the Big Ten. Yeah. I mean, he, his athleticism is just off the charts. Off the... And, and. And he's he's got a really great first step, and so even if he looks like he's beat on defense, oh. he is able to he's able to get back in front of his man, or you know with with the blocks he can come from behind and just clean up his mistake, and so you don't even notice it. Yeah, and it's that it's applying that same closeout speed that he was doing on passing lanes that was getting him turnovers. So I think it's just turning this athleticism into a defensive dominance that would be what really, I mean, he's, if everything goes right for Purdue, Ivy is going to be a player of the year nominee. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got all the talent in the world to do it, but, but the question is, if he's doing so much on, on defense, is that going to impact him on offense? Well, you yeah. know, because we've seen that happen with players where if they put so much energy, so much effort onto the defensive side of the ball, they don't often have the same skill set on offense. Twofold. Ivy is not going to be the guy that guards the best ball handler. That's going to be Eric Hunter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Newman is a really good one-on-one defender. We're not going to have to put him. He's just, we just need him to be a game wrecker. It's not every play, but make some big time plays and don't have the lapses he had. Also, hey, Ledman, we got yes. Trey Williams to take over any offensive possession that we need him to catch his breath. For. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you there. That's fair. We're going to have more offensive power and defensive flexibility next year surrounding him. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, he played 42 minutes in the North Texas game, 43 minutes against Ohio State. The kid can go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think the sky is the limit for Jaden Ivey. And the worry, well, I, I mean, it's a worry for me. It's great news for him. Is you see all these um, mock drafts he's come gone. out. He's and not he's coming in the back. top 10. I mean, he was there one. He was like seventh. Yes, he's not coming back. Uh, the other day that you, that you all sent to us. Look, don't say that yet. Maybe he just loves college. He tweeted out. He will be back. He tweeted out NFL draft or NBA draft dreaming to start this one. Oh well, I I don't love that. <laughs> you just gotta take it. <laughs> I, like, I don't love that. There's nothing about him that he's gonna be the best NBA player from Purdue since Glenn Robin. Oh, all right, you. You always love throwing out like big words about these guys. So we've got like one of them's got to be national player of the year. He's going to be the best pro since Glenn, you know, so you didn't you're hear throwing me talk these big promises. Game, okay? That is true. You, you loved Carson, but you, you were not out here saying he was going to excel in the NBA. So I guess you've been, you've been proven correct on that one, but I mean, you know, Carson had to go. His stock Absolutely. was never going to be yeah, higher. No, he did the best thing for him. I, I don't blame him at all, but. Got himself some money. Hopefully he can find a team that's going to use him. I'm not sure of his contract situation with the Celtics, but um, Brad Stevens looks like he's uh, not afraid to sell some people away. Mm -hmm. So um, that team is going to be quite a bit different, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, 
you know, for Carson, but we'll see. So I, there's one more thing I want to, I want to say about Jaden Ivy before um, I finish, you know, if you, if you want to gush for a few more minutes, that's fine. But I think it speaks volumes about him as a player and as a teammate. If you've seen the interview he did after the Ohio state game, um, of course he hit the huge shot at the Ohio state game to win, uh, win that game for us. And there's just a clip of, uh, I'm not sure who was interviewing him. It may have been a local news, um, local news anchor, but they talked to him about, you know, what kind of like what that shot meant to him. And, you know, he takes a second and you can just see him like all the emotions wash mm-hmm. over him because he, a lot like, you know, what I talked about with Ethan, Ethan Morton, uh, Jaden Ivey's he he's been a great player in high school. You know, he's one of the guys who when he walks onto the court, he believes and he's almost always right that he's the best player out there. Um, and to go into college and have games where you struggle and to have games where, you know, you're taken out of the game when you think you should be playing is hard. It's hard mentally and emotionally on these kind of guys um, because they are so talented. And you you saw the outpouring of emotion after he made that shot because he wants it so damn much. You know, he's he knows it's there and he knows if given the chance he can make it happen. Um, and you saw his teammates mob him after he hit the three, which, you know, your team's always going to do that. But you can just. Yeah. With with this Purdue team, you can just see the genuine emotion and happiness they have for each other. Um, and and Jaden Ivey must be a great teammate. But these guys these guys seem to love him. They gush about him a lot. And if you have a minute, you know, just go Google, you know, Jaden Ivey game winner Ohio State interview, um, and you can just see what I'm talking about. Um, you know, the we we are reminded all the time that we talk about these people, we write about them as a side hustle. Um, but you know, these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids. Um, and this stuff gets to them and you love to just see that, that when they have success, it matters to them. It means so much. And it, it, to me, this is the best, one of the best things about college sports is just to see these, these people grow up in front of you, face adversity and overcome it. So I would always just, you know, say, if you need a, if you need an idea of what kind of man Jaden Ivey is, just go watch that clip and, and you can see why we expect such great things from him going forward. Hopefully not in his last year at Purdue, but Casey seems to think otherwise. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So do you have anything else on Jaden Ivey? That's it. All right. Well, we're going to finish as we always do uh, with a recommendation. And Casey has teased this one to me via text and says it's very good. So I have no idea what it is, but uh, I'm excited to hear. So Casey, uh, it's up to you. All right. Well, do you have you heard of a uh, podcast called The Knuckleheads with Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, two former NBA players? I I only saw like one tweet about it, but I've never listened to a single episode. Well, they're doing it for the Players Tribune, which is you know pretty much players getting their voice. Yeah, across. yeah. It's it's like where you see all the players announce their retirement yeah. for the last few years. Or leaving a city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last Tuesday they uh, interviewed. Probably the best Boilermaker of all time, Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Nice. And Did you listen I, to it? I did. And I'm just going to... Oh, please tell me all about I'm gonna it. I'm going to tease it out a little bit. Did you know oh, he almost it. went to uh, Michigan Fat Five? Yeah, They I had uh, printed out his jersey and everything. Like, could you imagine adding Glenn Robinson to those yeah, guys? They had a very strong conversation about, uh, oh, so that would have just been the end of everything yeah no one could have beaten them no one <clears throat> did you know that bob knight told him to go to purdue no Indeed. what he had a little sit down with coach bob knight and bob knight said all right so what schools are you thinking about okay is purdue your number one 
If so, you should go there. Wow. Gets into a little more deal. Of course, I mean, of course he had, at that time, Knight, didn't he have Alan Henderson? Probably. I think at the time. And Henderson and, and Robinson were the two biggest um, players at that time. But, I mean, still, that's amazing to me. I've, I've got to listen to this. Yeah, he talked about uh, going up against Chris Webber in AAU ball, uh, the start of his NBA career, going against Jordan. There's just a lot of really good stuff. Um, I wasn't, you know, really cognizant when he was at Purdue, so it was just really cool to hear some of these stories, hear, hear the big dog talk. So highly recommend go listening to that podcast. It was a really fun interview with, you know, two guys who a lot of mad respect given to Big Dog. A lot like yeah. he was he was he changed a lot of things for uh a lot of the basketball players that we grew up as kids watching. Okay. I'm de- so give me the name of the podcast it one is- more time because I'm literally <laughs> I'm literally gonna open it right now, my podcast app, and I'm literally gonna find uh, Knuckleheads it. Knuckleheads with Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. Got it. Got so it. Is- oh, they've got a nice little they got a nice little album mm-hmm. art there. I like that. Yeah. Ah, Glenn Big Dog Robinson, most recent episode. Yeah, so I would definitely go give that a listen if you're at all curious or nostalgic. Oh, yeah. Real good times. I will. I'm absolutely going to listen to this. So you were right. You backed up your <laughs> boast. So good job. Well done. So, all right. I'm looking forward to listen to that. And uh, I imagine a lot of people listening to this will also be interested in that. So that is just that is just kudos. Well done on that. So. Uh, for Casey oh, and myself. L- update. Are oh, you, wait. Are you more. watching Ted Lasso? No, I haven't started it yet because I've been watching the Olympics. Have you? Yeah, it's good. You, so you've watched the you've watched the first, first two episodes. It's really good. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm gonna start it as soon as the Olympics is over, <laughs> uh, because every 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 night I've been watching I've been watching Olympics till I fall asleep. Right. So, um, we can talk about that when when the Olympics <laughs> is over. But all right. For uh, for Casey and myself, make sure to rate, review, and hammer that subscribe button. And if you got questions or if you got anything you want us to talk about, hit us up on Twitter at Hammer and Rails. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. Barbecue sauce.